You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Ryan's here. <laughs> Ryan's always here. Uh, these days, yeah. Well, thank God. Thank God. I mean, I can't talk to myself anymore, dude. Any longer. Any longer. Any longer. You know, and I've talked about my dog, but I definitely had a little bit of a breakdown today. Because, um, you know, my friends are always like, you're such a good dog, dad. And look, he gives him such great treatment. And I'm like, and I'm like going, I'm not a great fucking dog, dad. Sometimes I feel like I'm just not. Because the dogs that, you know, Irv is, is, is really old now. Dogs of his age live uh, type breed live till 10 to 12. He's really 13. He almost died five months ago. He was going to five doctors a week. I have PTSD. I'm carrying this 80-pound dog up the stairs to poop outside eight to 10 times a day, hoping if he'll shit, I will at least... <sighs> Thank God he took a shit. Maybe now it won't be all over the house or him. And I uh, obviously relate to him because I'm like, poor son of a gun, man. I love this guy. But at the same time, I'm like, well, he's, you know, he doesn't walk real well. Uh, Jess, my former assistant, who also still helps me out, she had a breakdown. We both had a cry the other day or couldn't even walk. And then the next day he's kind of walking better. And it's just this constant. I'm just living in anxiety with him. And so I, I he's suffering, obviously, way more than I am. I don't think he realizes he's suffering. That's what they say about dogs, maybe, because there's he's no, not in any pain. I don't I believe uh -huh. if he was in pain. I'd, I'd shut it off. If you're in pain, buddy, and I can't fix it, you're not going to live in pain. You're, you're gone. I'm not going to be that cruel. But there gets to a point where I had a breakdown this morning where I'm just like, what the fuck? I, I don't know. I mean, giving 10 pills a day, twice a day, and and just, you know, and it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot for the owner. It's a lot for the dog. And the dog, I feel terrible about little Irvy and... uh you know, but I, I look at myself, if I go, if if one day some I, I just can't walk, it's different for a human. Mm -hmm. I could tell you what I want. I can't walk. Carry me to the kitchen and feed me. <laughs> you know, it's it's a little different. But if it gets to a point where that's just the apathy kicks in where I'm not getting up to go eat, I'm not mm -hmm. taking my pills, I'm not, then I have to start thinking, because I'm already starting to think about it. I'm like, he's not in any pain. But does that mean because he's not in pain, he should just lie there all day and not exercise and not be able to do things? How much could I do? So there comes a point where I, my stutter there, where I just have to make a decision. And, and uh, I, I don't like it. I don't like decisions in general. Mm -hmm. um, any advice on all this, Ryan? I know I'm throwing a lot at you. In fact, yesterday we were doing a podcast and you said to me, you okay? And I said, why? I, I don't know. You, know. you just seem a little off today. And I was off, man. I was. What did you notice about me? Uh, you, your eyes were not open fully. And um, yeah. Well, you usually wear hats, but you weren't wearing a hat. And so your hair was kind of a mess. But you hadn't slept. And you've been dealing with whatever. Bullshit. Yeah. 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 Have you, have you ever had to put down a dog no, before? No, I haven't. And... Uh, Oh. But I know that I would have put down my grandfather years before he passed. Yeah. I know if they were giving me that choice, mm -hmm. my grandfather was a brilliant mind and he was, he didn't know where he was, who he was, uh, you know, the incontinence starts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm like, this guy is a fucking brilliant, awesome dude. I love him. He's like my best friend in the world. I said, Tom, to my best friend, Tom Lally, I said, Lally, 
I will fucking come and haunt you and everybody you know if you don't fucking put me down. <laughs> if you don't find a way to euthanize me, I will fucking terrorize you in your dreams. <laughs> Freddy Krueger style. Tina, this is God. All right. I mean, yeah, I haven't. Have you put down a dog? Uh, I've had dog. I haven't been there when it's happened, but I've had to deal with losing dogs, a few dogs already in my life. And it's it's tough. I mean, yeah, because my usually my mom was the one who's taking care of him. She'd take him on long walks and uh, it was rough for her. The first uh, I mean, every time, every time it's rough. Yeah. Uh, and every dog is different because every dog, you know, brings something new to the table. Mm -hmm. And um, they give you nothing but good times, even when they're being pains in the ass. But yeah. they are um, a positive force all the time. And then, you know, and it's then, true. That is true. It is a positive thing. I, I, there's nothing that I love more than to lie on his bed. His, he's, I got these two giant orthopedic mm -hmm. beds for him to be comfortable. Yeah. And they just lie there and take a nap with him and pet yeah. him. And, uh, but he, he seems a little miserable. He just seems like sometimes he's kind of like tries to play, but most of the time he's just like, this kind of sucks, man. I did, uh, have to take my girlfriend's cat to uh he was having a really rough time uh he was not walking he was not you know eating eating Ooh. and she held on as long as she could and she really did not want to take him in and there was a point where it, it was just it was too hard it was crushing her it was crushing me it was crushing the cat just you to have be to do alive it. so we took it it was just one morning we were up all night with the cat and uh it was inevitable and we took it i drove it to uh the animal hospital and it it died in her arms in the car are you serious yeah you got a little emotional just saying that right there I, yeah it's one of those things that i try not to think about well sense memory rough. you know it's like you think so well how great is that you in know, a way how, how fucked up is that know, but like then, then they have to go euthanize him but the cat just dies in your arms yep he just he just went on the way to the hospital when we knew we had to take him. Oh, I kept thinking you should have put on that song in the car Which just one? to make you guys. I would do something like that to make myself laugh just yeah. to try. I I just died in your arms tonight. <laughs> anyway, uh, I hope everybody had a a pleasant weekend. Um, sorry for burdening burdening you with all of this, but I don't. I think you know this is what we talk about on this show, and I think. Uh, you could either fast forward to the guest or you could listen and have some insight into what, what's happening in our lives. Uh, the, the band, Sunspin, um, I want you to know we're doing a pretty cool giveaway with the release of our new album, which is called Best Days. The band is Sunspin, the album's Best Days. If you want to support the band and win some sweet, sweet swag, head over to Sunspin Band on Instagram. Just type in Sun Spin Band on Instagram. And this is only this is only gonna last for uh the next couple of weeks. So make sure you check it out today. We have a post that explains everything. So head over to Sunspin Band on Instagram. And if you want to book the band or buy merch, go to sunspin.com. And uh yeah, but uh, Sunspin Band on Instagram will tell you everything that you can to win some 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 sweet swag. Also, Sunspin, we got a a, a show coming up. On Stage It, you go to stageit.com, type in Sunspin. We've got two shows, February 27th, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So we're going to be playing covers, jams, you win prizes, uh, Zooms, uh, people win Zoom calls. We Zoom after the shows. 
It's great. Please grab a ticket. Join us February 27th, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Sunspin. You can also go to sunspin.com and find out all the information you need. And thanks for listening to Inside of the Podcast. If those of those of you who are listening for the first time, if you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe on YouTube and on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever, wherever you listen. Ryan? Uh, at Inside of You Pod on the Twitters. Uh, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That's true. And um, also the Inside of You online store for awesome merch. Like, uh, look at this. I haven't even put this out yet. Or maybe it's out now. It's an Inside of You beanie. Ooh. Yep. And we got uh, Inside of You shirts with my face on it coming. We got... Uh, uh, some uh, <laughs> I saw some kid wearing a shirt that said, "Michael Rosenbaum is the best Lex Luthor ever." Fight me, <laughs> and I go, "I'm making that. That's awesome." <laughs> Actually, a lot of people were asking to make one, so I said, "Sure." So uh, those have been flying off the shelves. But if you want to listen to Inside of You or or follow us, it really helps. Write a review on Apple Podcast. You do not know how much. If you really enjoy today, write a review. And that goes a long way. It bumps us up in the rankings and all that and spread the word to your friends. And what's the uh, handles for inside of you? I did that already. You did? I did. I'm out of my mind. So <laughs> You could also go to youtube.com slash inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum and subscribe to the YouTube channel. That is true. We've got a great guest today. Um, it was nice to catch up with her. She uh, she opened up a lot more. I think she's definitely a private person. Sometimes it takes a little... I, I, I really respect that. I'm the opposite of private. I kind of just, you know, I fart and I just tell you how I feel and... But uh, Katie's uh, Katie's really amazing, and um, I, I had a lot of fun with her. I had a lot of fun on, on her with this, and we we told some stories. And uh, I think you're going to really enjoy this one. I think you're going to really like Katie Cassidy. If you if you don't know who she is, have a listen. And uh, if you are excited, just tell me to shut the fuck up. Uh, let's get inside of Katie Cassidy. It's my point of view. You're listening to inside of you. Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Hi, Katie. Hi, how are you? You look sharp. You look sharp. Uh, I don't feel sharp, but it's good to know that I look sharp. Um, also, you're welcome. Finally, here's your FaceTime. Why do you always like to FaceTime? Oh, wait. Here we go. Here we go, folks. She's interviewing me. I, yeah, this I is what happens. Understand. Literally, okay, you, I, I, I'm always like, decline, decline. I don't yeah. want to be on I got a camera. complex. There's somebody in your shitter, I think. Is that your sister? <laughs> hey, <laughs> Mrs. Was your sister taking a poop? What was she doing there? She, by the way, it was. You might as well have walked. Tell her she might as well have just walked out instead of trying to duck when there's nothing to duck behind. If you guys watch the video, she creeps out of the bathroom. Oh probably. That's hilarious. She leaves. Don't worry. She's she's, she's going, no, no, it's it's great. It's great. Bye, Olivia. Bye, Olivia. That's a nice name, Olivia. Is it Olivia Cassidy? Uh, it's not Olivia Cassidy. Although Olivia Cassidy is not a bad name. Olivia Cassidy in. Uh-huh. Maybe I'll consider that. Let me get word. back to your question. When I FaceTime you, all right, I FaceTime everybody. That's just my MO. It's it, like people, I don't FaceTime. I'm like, listen, I like to see the person I'm talking to. I could leave them there. I could laugh. I could go do things. I could On the phone, I can't connect because I have ADD. So for some reason, FaceTime's a little bit better for me. Does that make any sense? It does. I understand if you were somebody who, I, I'm not actually, um, this might sound weird, but I'm not actually the most social person 
Yeah, I know. I know that. So I just, sometimes I just don't really want to talk to people. Sometimes I just want to like. All the time. All the time, Katie. Let's be honest. All the time. You're a private person. I get it. And that was. Just, you know, be with myself and my thoughts and just get all deep. We met in Australia, if you remember. Oh, yeah, we did. Why do you say it like Australia, that? Australia, because Australia was the most chaotic, at least for me, chaotic uh, trip for that. Uh, Why was it so chaotic for you? Because I really love going to Australia well, and Supernova. I mean, I remember I got sick. Oh, yeah. And I was supposed to be training, and I brought my best friend with me. True. Uh, he's the best. Um, he he came, he trained. I was like under all this pressure because I was supposed to turn into this superhero and I was, I don't know, all over the place. You were training for Supernatural or for, for uh, I'm sorry, Arrow? Yeah. Yeah, right, right. So it wasn't a great experience, but you like the con, you like the people, you just. Oh my gosh, I love meeting people and I love traveling. But in terms of, you know, when, I, I guess it's because for the last, also, and it's just not just you, uh, the last eight years being on Arrow and in Vancouver and go, go, go on weekends and just not ever, not really having time for myself to just be uh, just quiet. And that's what's interesting, at least uh, about this year, because I haven't stopped since I've been seven, since I was 17 years old and working and traveling and just, you know, and I, you know, I, I just needed like, your time, you time. Yeah, yeah. Katie, this what you just said to me. I don't know if I could have survived because I am barely, you know, I'm starting to get together now, get myself together late in life. Okay, so I can't imagine at 17 being thrusted, coming from a, a family of, you know, I mean, I know you're you were estranged from your father, but at the same time, he's still, you know, David Cassidy was your father. Bob, we don't have to get into it too much, but like it's let alone being a child at 17, I couldn't imagine having someone famous and a famous family. And then you just nonstop till now, when do you suddenly go, Oh God, I'm effed up. Or do you just go, Oh, I'm completely together. Or I don't know. Cause I know that I probably would not have made it if I was successful that early. Here's the thing. Okay. I think that people, I had a really different upbringing than most people know of. Um, people make, you know, assumptions and, I actually didn't meet my father until I was in fourth grade and I grew up with my mother and stepfather oh. and sisters. And I was always very different in, and not in any way other than I loved to paint and I loved to be alone. I loved to build things. I loved to be artistic. And that gene came from the Cassidy side of my family. And when I actually met my dad and then we did end up having a great relationship um, for a period of time, I, realized how much like him and that side of the family I am. And it sort of made me feel like, oh, okay. I'm not weird or different. Like I, I, this is like also where I belong. And that's like, cause I always thought felt different and weird. Cause I like to be alone sometimes anyways. So I actually, when I, you know, I ended up moving out when I was 17 and my parents, I decided to pursue acting and and instead of going to college i just I, I wasn't ever into subjects in school other than theater really um right so i you know my parents were like okay if you're not we're not going to help you you're on your own so at 17 i literally busted my ass i moved out i mean there's a period of time where i did end up going uh 
ended up going bankrupt and having to call my mom and have her buy me groceries. And, bankrupt? You know, and how old? How old at bankrupt? At bank, uh, at I bankrupt, was he says. 19. How do you go bankrupt at 19 when you, I have, I, look, when I was 19, I was bankrupt. I just like had made enough money to have like my own tiny little apartment. And right. I just focused on acting and realized this was like my means of survival. And I've been on my own and it's something I'm really proud of because I've built what I have on my own, you know? Yeah. I, yes, I, I come from the Cassidy family and my last name is Cassidy and I feel so connected to them and love them so much, but I didn't actually grow up with them. Um, and I build everything I had myself. So I like, but I love working too. So I don't know. I think your question was, how does that happen? How does it, someone go from- Yeah, I mean, at 19, most people are broke anyway. So at 19, you had some money because you were working, pro- You were, I guess you were working before that. You saved enough money. You went on your own. You got an apartment. You were getting money from acting and then- Yes, and I had done a little bit of, I mean- a little bit of modeling like when i was younger why like, do you laugh because you're a beautiful person i i said person because i don't want to think you to think i'm hitting on you i don't want to like i don't know anyways uh i was like for mervyn's or like K- kmart and uh kmart. Bitch. i mean it's just like embarrassing i don't it's know it's not embarrassing it's part of your life that's what you do we do what am i just screaming anyways uh yeah i have <laughs> gotten a little bit of money to get myself into an acting class and own my own apartment. And, you know, I had to hustle a bit, dude. You know, I look at you and I, I had to hustled a lot. I told you I was literally in my car driving around Los Angeles with like, uh, like a crazy person going from audition to audition to audition and changing in my car for like a line in like which I was so grateful and so because it was putting food I was putting food on my own wow which I'm like yeah for one line you'd be sitting in your car going over the line do you remember any of the one-liners that you'd go into gosh I don't hey Jeff talk to you later how could I say that a hundred ways I know um but here we are and now I have yeah this year oh you said how why do you think you know do I go, I'm so fucked up? It's like, no, I mean, look, we're all Effed fucked up. up in our own way. <laughs> um, and it's just sort of embracing who you are and what that is and what, what works for you. I think, you know, what's weird is I always say how effed up I am. And then other people are like, you're not that effed up. And I'm like, you don't know me. You don't oh, know what goes. Oh, I drop F-bombs. I'm just trying to be better because I have a friend, Joe, who's oh. always F-bombing. And I'm like, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you something. So no, I, I'm just being myself, though. I hope. No, you okay could fuck. I, you could you could fuck off. Wait, okay. you could completely f bomb. Alter myself to have this conversation. Here's the thing, my buddy John, name drop John Heater. He's a good friend of mine, very close friend. We watch horror movies, and I love his family. And they're Mormons, and they don't like. They're not like you know the people think uh, all Mormons are fundamentalists, which they're you know this group of that you know have. Uh, uh, polygamists and all these things and that's just not the case they give uh, mormons a bad name but he's a wonderful guy he doesn't sit there and go you should be a more he just has this and he's you know he does his thing and so they don't swear and i think it rubbed off on me a little bit because he's always going oh yeah, that's effed oh that's completely effed did she just show her tease you know so it's kind of funnier to me to just go oh my god f off please 
Anyway, uh-huh. um, so look, we're all effed up. We're all like, you know, and people will say, I bet that they say that about you. If they don't know you and you go, oh, she seems so sweet. She's so nice. I don't know why. But anybody who comes from a, a family of success, and I know that your father wasn't around in the beginning and you had a little bit of a relationship that it kind of went awry, you know, but that's got to be tough on a girl, on a little girl or a little boy to be in fourth grade and go, do you ever go, where's dad? Where's dad? What's going on with dad? Or, you know, that's the thing I have, I have, it's so interesting. I have three dads is the truth. Um, and I have a stepdad that my mother married, um, when I was four, who raised me and he, he's wonderful. And, you know, he definitely taught me that's where my drive, he's, he's an ER doctor. And I saw growing up, I watched him. And I think that side of my brain of like being driven and having goals and having ambition that comes from him. Um, the creative side. So I feel like I'm lucky cause I'm sort of well-balanced cause the creative side comes from my biological father. Um, and the, other side that you know I my other dad is my sister's dad who he emotionally was always there for me and treated me like his own daughter when I he had no reason to do that and he so I feel really fortunate you're a culmination (laughs) you know holidays are a freaking nightmare for me because you're running around again here I am like going to see everybody. I was talking to my friend last night. Um, he has a similar family situation and he gets so stressed out on the holidays because he's trying to go to, but that's just family. And that's just, that's, you know what though? I call it selfishness. And here's what I'm going to say. I know your family's great. You go around, but I'm going to talk about mine. The fact that, and I don't want it to happen, but like for a long time now, I have to see my mom, but I have to see my sister separately. Then I have to see my dad separately. Then I have to see my grand. It's all these people, like my brother, Adam, can't see him with my mother, can't see him, got to see my sister. I've got to make all these trips and I have to fly across the country. I've stopped doing it. Yeah, it's like F off, get get together, figure it out. Whatever, either either all come together or again, it's like if you have that one day at a, on a, you know, having Christmas day or Christmas time to myself when I'm running around working nonstop, like, I don't want to then have my holidays spent running around work, you know, seeing everybody nonstop. So I, I, for two or three years, just would go to Miami and like have a vacation of like, yeah, yeah. Breath before you freak out. Well, you're a loner too. You've talked about that. You like to be alone. You don't, you get overwhelmed. Is that what it is? You get overwhelmed around. Do you get overwhelmed on sets with other people Uh, around? Yeah, it's actually, I get, it's interesting because, I do get, I get overwhelmed around people. A lot of people, I pick up people's energy. Like I, um, I don't know. Am I overwhelming you right now? Oh, good, good, good. Just want to make sure. No, but it's interesting (laughs) because when I know somebody and I feel like safe with them, it's not an overwhelming thing. I'm like, oh, like I'm good. Good. Um, but a lot like crowds and stuff. Yeah. It's tough when it's on set. I've learned to block when we're like, uh, you know, rolling. I've, I've, I'm able to block out the noise and the people, like, I don't know, but I definitely try to like isolate and go. I don't mean isolate. Like I'll try to go in sets that we're not using that no one's <laughs> in and just sort of like, where's Katie? 
breathe. <laughs> Does anyone see Katie? She's on the uh, the office set. She's she wants it to be alone. She's gathering her thoughts. Did, do you think people perceive you as standoffish at times? I, I'm not. I'm saying be, because you are so like inside yourself. Wait, what? Yes, and I think that a hundred percent. And I don't know. I grew up in a lot of chaos, you know. Um, for whatever you know without getting into it too much, but it was just at times chaotic. And I definitely think my spirit is more yeah, quiet, creative. Like I love, I love writing. Um, again, love drawing. Sorry. Now I'm losing my train of thought. What was your question? Well, you know, do people perceive you as, can they perceive you or do you think they could perceive you as someone who is standoffish or whatever, when you're really not, you're just kind of like in your own head. Yeah, um, and that thank you. So in high school and in middle school, actually, in middle school, I was bullied by girls and in high school that were older than me, and I didn't understand why. Well, also another thing that I guess they call it resting bitch face. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I guess I remember this girl came up to me and like got in my face in a bathroom and was like, you were giving looking at us and giving us dirty looks or something and I was like what and I couldn't quite figure it and then I realized I wasn't do, doing anything other than the sun I think that was sixth grade through 11th grade I was bullied by these girls mm. because also I was really quiet and I was really I was I had like my little group of friends but I was yeah, I think people perceived it as my being. <laughs> Can we? I wasn't being bitchy. I used to be uh, quiet, sometimes uh, like daydreaming. I don't are know. Are you squinting at me, looking like a bitch face at me? No, the sun, it hurts my eyes. It's directly on me. Here, here you switch positions. Look at your face. Oh, God, you're bitchy looking. Um, yeah. So you, you said that, you know, your things were so crazy when you were Wong. When you were Wong. When you were young, like what was like, what's one thing you could tell me that to give me some insight as to the craziness that um, happened in your life? Like something you can remember, like, oh, like I could tell you stories. I go, oh, I remember when this happened with my dad and my mom was upstairs talking to this one dude on the phone that she wasn't talking. Well, to. Right. Yeah. Um, so there was this time when I was in high school. Well, <laughs> there was a few times. Mm. OK, so there was this one time in high school. I had this boyfriend who I was a freshman. He was a junior and his ex-girlfriend was a sophomore. And as a junior, he would leave campus. This was my first like boyfriend, my high school sweetheart. He would go off campus for lunch. So these king girls, we're friends, these sophomore girls were friends with junior girls and they hated me because I was dating a junior guy and I was a freshman. Oh my gosh, the drama. Um, oh. They waited till I got, went into the bathroom by myself, like away from my friends. And three of them came in and like pushed me against the, uh, one of the stalls. God. And I obviously was like completely caught off guard. And they were like, you told, <laughs> I'm not gonna say names, excuse me. Uh, you told, insert name here. You told uh, Angie Kramer. Is he allowed to come to my birthday party? And I literally, I, 
That was my reaction. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Are you guys, are we, is it? Is this happening? Is this happening? As a freshman, I'm like, are, this is a real thing. Oh my God. And then like, she slapped you? What? Well, and none of my friends really did. I don't remember the exact conversation. My friends really didn't know. And they were just totally being, I don't remember what back and forth went on. But well, they didn't hit you, did they? No, they didn't hit me. Um, but one of my friends eventually like came in and was like, leave her alone, blah, blah, blah. And I just remember like, and then I cried. <laughs> I tried to stand <sighs> up. I tried to stand up for myself, damn it. Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. This is an amazing platform. I use it on both podcasts. It has worked wonders for me. It's so amazing how easy it is to navigate. If you want to sell products, T-shirts, soap scents, whatever, whatever it is, Ryan, you want to sell, this is the way to do it. Uh, you can see what your best seller is right there, analytics, uh, how much you're making this month, uh, what products are selling the best. It's really fantastic. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Netflix. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy, greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Friday, May 3rd, only on Netflix. You know, but maybe it gave you all that uh, confidence and drive to become a competitive cheerleader. I know you're going to kill me. You're like, I'm not talking about cheerleading. Here's the only reason. I only, we don't have to talk about it. I know now it's the resting bitch face. Is the sun in your eyes, Katie? I believe it is. No, listen, listen real quick. Internet is, I'm losing internet connection. Oh, really? Really? I'm just going to say this. I watched that. Weird. Can't. Don't you. Dan, no. what you're. We're losing. Oh, look at your cat. Look at that little oh, cat. Carlos was like, oh my gosh, she got so stressed out. I knew it. You yeah. and Pat didn't come Carlos here. Carlos was like, please don't talk oh, so about the cheerleading. Oh, 
I don't think I know. Please don't talk about the cheerleading. Katie really hates it. Look how cute. You guys have to see this cat. Look how cute that little kitty is. But I watched that show Cheer, the documentary, and I was blown away. And I thought competitive cheer. That's hard. And you're thrown up. Were you like one of those that was thrown up in the air and did flips and shit? Yeah. That's did you ever fall and break a hand? Uh, I definitely fell. It, it basket tosses like, you know, we did oh. those competitive cheerleading is actually really I, I watched some cheer and it's really insane. Uh, is it competitive? Like you go through and what you put your body through and yeah, these, you know, basket tosses and doing back tucks in the air and then landing in the cradle, trusting your your base are going to be there to catch you. And actually one of my sisters, she and she's um, my older sister. She, we did it together and she was always, I was a flyer and she was always a base and it was actually really cute and nice that that was something. She was my base. That you shared. It was like you had to trust her. Oh, always. It's all coming back to me now that we're talking about this. I have to share another one. Go ahead. Okay. So same situation, but I'm in middle school boyfriend uh i was this seventh grader he was a ninth grader mm, girlfriend was an eighth grader mm. but these were girls like you don't oh, no. you don't have with if you, <laughs> you don't have with that i right? gotcha no i also was like a little scared almost to date this guy because he was a little sketchy and you know he live and learn whatever so he oh she found out they went they were they were also in ninth grade excuse me and they went to a different school though they went to agora high school and when they found out we were dating they started i remember calling me and this girl called me and was like I swear to God if you don't break up with insert name here John Candy I'm gonna fucking beat your ass I'm gonna fucking I swear to God she said she was gonna kill me and Oof. I got I remember getting off the phone and that this was obviously years and years and years and years and years, hundred years ago right. can't get away with that shit now but you know, kids are nuts. So I started freaking out and I told my mom, I was like genuine, I was scared. And my mom was like, my mom was like, oh, well, guess what? I know the principal of that school and I'm gonna, guess what's gonna happen? I'm gonna call him right now. No. And I'm gonna tell him. And what he did, I guess, is, I mean, they got suspended. They brought them out of, called them out of class the next day, the two of them, there was two girls who were calling me and saying this nasty shit to me. And they brought them in the principal's office. And I guess my mom was there with two police officers. And I guess they just had a talking to. Uh, wow. But they got suspended for, I think, or maybe even expelled, I don't know, by their two weeks or two months. And they also had to call and apologize to me. 
I mean, it was, that's what I mean. Girls are really nasty. I don't understand why people don't just support one another and lift each other up because we're all beings. Let me tell you something, Katie, that story could have went really South because in today's world or any world, you hear that story where like, you, you're like, oh my God, I'm embarrassed. My mom's taking care of it. And now the guys are like, you know what? Now that's a movie. Then they're plotting. I have to, I have to say this as much to- as I wanted to, you know, fight my mom when I was a teenager. She did. That was dope. Sherry? Right? Was it Sherry? Sherry. Sherry. Yeah. That was, that was cool, right? I mean, it was cool, but I almost wish that she knew an investigator who just goes, hey. You're never going to talk to her again, or I'm taking your family down. And then you never know about it. And these girls are just really nice to you. Like, hey, Katie, how are you? Oh, my God, you don't have a resting bitch face. It just looks like beautiful suns. But I didn't know that that happened. Hey, let's get into your career a little bit, because you've had a great career. I mean, so far, and you're young, so you have a a huge career ahead of you. And I know you're very work-oriented, and you're an artist, and you do so many different things. And I always feel like, in a way, we're alike in a sense that you don't stop. You don't give yourself time to just decompress. And you, um, whereas also, whereas also, terrible English, but like, I think you also get into things because you're a passionate person. Like you'll get into a relationship and it'll be hot and heavy and fun and whatever. And then whatever. Whereas I'm very timid, not timid, but very, I keep my everything back. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've seen dysfunction in my life and I'm not going to get in, jump into anything. So I think that's where we differ maybe a little bit. But do you think that um, can you be present in a particular show and think this is where I need to be? Or are you always thinking I'm better than this? I need to do a show that's better. I need to be in a movie that's better. Or, or can you be like, I'm going to be, yeah, explain your your work ethic. I am very much living in the moment. So in fact, so much that I can't plan ahead that unless it's work related in my personal social life. My personal life, especially social life, I don't like to have a schedule like what I'm going to do on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. I'm not sure. I'm going to figure out what I, how I feel when I wake up on a Tuesday. And let's talk then. And I get it. If you have a schedule, that's cool. But I, as much as I can, I try and live in the moment. And I think that's where people should, like, they say the the past cost living in the past causes depression, living in the future yeah. causes anxiety and living in the present the present is a gift you know my therapist i've said it before as i see he goes stand up or he stood up i didn't stand up he goes you got your left foot in the past you got your right foot in the future and again and he just pretended he was holding his dick and he goes and you're pissing on the present that's what we're doing here michael he's not my therapist anymore but i like the analogy uh you know but i will say that well first off what is your the so far your favorite job you've had whether it's small whatever the most fun you had where you felt like you were at your best i I mean arrow was wonderful um but again like they gave a lot for my character to do and i definitely throw myself into whatever it is that i'm working on whether it be acting you know i go i go for it uh and I just dive into it, whether it be acting, writing, directing, you know, and it's interesting because I'm learning a lot more about myself, especially having this year of just like Lusa, calmness and stillness. Um, writing is something I've always 
had this like incredible passion and drive and just like that's what I since I was a kid I used to journal until my mother read my journal mm, that's why I uh, don't know, write journals okay. we work through these things um I stopped writing however during this pandemic I've been writing so much and I'm like in being in this like in flow is a thing and it's just that's what I mean like you're in this you're so present and in, in there I don't know stories that's just you're in control know. that's why you like it you're in control of every like what you when you're writing something, it's your thoughts, your heart. You, everything goes into that. I think you like that. It's your voice, but also it's not just your voice. It's for you're telling the, a story, hopefully telling a story to people to better the to better the world and and sharing story through your vision, through the way you see it, whatever the story is that you're telling. I love you know, that. Yeah. It's, so it's really cool. Yeah. Finding your voice, like, you know, learning how to figuring that out. Like it's a whole process and it's a really cool. So I, I found out, you know, directing is another thing I have such a, an incredible passion for and getting, you know, I directed an episode of Arrow um, this last season and it was, I was on cloud nine. I mean, I made my days and some, and I was like, Oh, got to do this. You got to do it. Like I just knew I was so prepared though, and I'm so grateful for the Warner Brothers Directors Program because I went through it. It was a three month, really intense program, but they, I I was just, I was like completely overly prepared and it was just an amazing experience. And, and I realized it's not, I'm not just an actor. I'm, I'm not just a writer. I'm not just a director. I think I'm just a creator and storyteller. However, that outlet is. <laughs> I think do, doing is, is more like you took a class for three months, which is great. But you know, when I remember doing a pilot, I, I remember shooting an episode of Smallville directing. And what I learned in that 10 days was an absolute crash course in everything. And then shooting like a short, like doing like, but like when you said that, like that Warner Brothers directors program, I'm interested. Do they still do that? Oh my gosh. And can I tell you, you should absolutely take it. It was like, it was life changing. It literally, you meet the most incredible people. They still, it's only, I think 12 people in a class. I'll, I'll give you. Some, Is it expensive? Uh, I don't think so. Mm, to you maybe. Oh, please. Um, Stop. Hey, name this actor. This next part is very difficult. They're going to take you. I want you okay, to get under. Liam Neeson. <laughs> you were in that movie. Did you work? You worked with him. Yeah, he was lovely. I always wanted to work with him. Oscar Schindler. I could have with this one. I could have saved one more Jew. I with this watch. I I could have saved. I, 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 I cry every time I think about it. He's a class act. Oh He's man. Just nice. When my father passed away, I got my agent received a handwritten note from Liam and it had been, I don't remember, 10 years since I had shot Taken. Yeah. And he wrote on his own stationery this handwritten note that just was, you know, my condolences, I'm so sorry, you know. It was just so classy and he was just, and when we were shooting, he was so professional and it was just, it was a great experience. That's awesome yeah. when your heroes or when people that you really admire actually come through in a, such a humane way that you're like, wow. This is what I always wanted these people who I 
you know, I liked to, to be. And when you see that, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was so great. You know, and that had to be hard for you. I mean, I know, obviously, but you know, cause I read the quote, I'm sure you've, you've heard it, but it's like, you know, your dad was quoted as, and this wasn't that long ago, right? I mean, 2017, I never had a relationship with Katie. I wasn't her father biologically. Uh, you know, biologically I was, but I didn't raise her. He said he was proud of you and you were so talented. Was it hard to hear that or were? were... Um, no, I mean, look, that was the truth. I chose not, and this is the truth. My father, you know, he had demons, as we all do. Um, and, you know, I think that fame and as ch child fame i mean i've been in therapy my whole life thank you good for dr. you dr shirley <laughs> um i think it can really mess you up and i think i chose at some point you know later once i was 24 i think maybe 25 it just wasn't healthy for me because you know, he was struggling with, you know, alcohol and, and it just, I chose at some point that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't healthy. And when he was in the hospital and I had heard that he was in the, I'm now going off track. Tell no, me no, you're not. You're not going off track. You're just talking ultimately about you know, like when he said these nice things about you. And then of course it was, you know, it was hard to deal with, you know, the, the loss of him, but you, you had, heard, I guess you're saying you heard that he was in the hospital. Uh, yeah. So he had said these things to me, but it, what that didn't like, it didn't hurt me that he said that. I mean, it was true. But at one point we were really close friends when I was younger, he, you know, he was more like my best friend. I remember I would talk to him every night for hours. Um, and but and that was years ago. But anyway, so when he went, I, I when he was in the hospital, I went, and my uncle was there, and and he was in a coma already. And but it was such a beautiful moment. My uncles were there, my brother was there, and we all were surrounding him, you know, together. And and he passed. And. I just got emotional. See, now you're making me emotional. I just, just, just like, I, I could just, you know, sense that like ultimately just being with your family and everybody that loved, you know, that was part of your blood was all there. And it was somewhat relief. It was a relief in a way. It was, it's hard to, it's hard to describe it because I was so estranged from them, not my brother and not my uncles, but him for about seven years. And I, I think it was like almost like a, a forgiveness is what it was. It was like a, for all of us. Cause I, you know, I think he had difficulties with my uncles and I certainly think, you know, with my brother at times, I think it was just this moment of, I, I don't know, like, yeah, I guess like a relief, like he could be in peace, you know? Um, because I think being a child star really was hard for him. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. And I remember going to see my favorite music of all time, which I think I told you is uh, Blood Brothers on Broadway with, I think, Sean, David, and Patrick. And Patrick was on, um, I believe he was on Smallville as well. I worked with Patrick and he was so delightful and so amazing to work with. And I just, I, I, you know, I remember seeing that musical. And if you had to, if you took a camera in front on a dolly and you panned or you just, the dolly went from left to right and started with my father. My father would have been like this, just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, stone-faced. Then my brother just kind of picking his nose, not giving a crap. Being, and then passed him, then go to my mom, hysterically crying, and then to me, crying hysterically. So that tells you a lot. My brother was a lot like my dad. My dad, Eric, was my dad's favorite. My mom, I was just sort of an emotional mess. I was kind of like a, a mix between them. And I remember seeing that show, and I saw it twice, I, I, but I just, I loved it so much. And I just was like, I, it really want, I wanted to become more of an actor. I want to become better, a better actor. And I remember just loving your family in that. They were so dynamite. It was, did you ever see it? I didn't, I didn't. But isn't that such an incredible feeling um, when you're watching, I remember Anne Heche in Proof. I saw her in New York when she was in proof and her performance, I was so moved and inspired by her and that you're right. Like, I remember being like, I was like, and I need to go into all the acting classes. So I can, I don't know how I just, I need to, this is what I need to do. I, I'm supposed to be doing this. I have to go now, <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's just like a cool feeling when, when you're inspired by that. So cool. Thank you. I yeah. mean, that's such a, well, it's I true. That. It's true. I still have, I'll, you know, I'll send it to you. I think I have a uh, playbill. I don't know if they oh. signed it or not, but I have the playbill in there. I have, in fact, my grandfather kept every playbill, playbill, playbill from every play from back to the thirties. He's got everything you can imagine. Funny thing happened on the way to the forum and like, and he's got them all. And when he passed you know, last November, which was the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. Um, my grandmother said, take them. I go, what do you mean? He's like, take the playbills. What am I going to do with them? We know you're the only actor in the family. Take, take the playbills. So I have the playbills. She's uh, he was, he was marvelous. Um, this is from my patrons who are wonderful, who support the show. And if you guys want to join patrons, patreon.com slash inside of you. But these are questions from them that, you know, you could ask or, uh, or not. This is rapid fire shit talking with Casey uh, with shit talking with Katie Cassidy really fast well you can go fast or you can go slow or you can go pass okay rosie broder when you first read the script for taken what did you think of it i want to go to paris good call i thought it was awesome and i literally was like uh i was actually originally supposed to, i auditioned to play his daughter it was between myself and maggie grace i got the best friend role and i was still like okay great liam neeson's in this movie and it looks it's freaking awesome and i want to go to paris Tiffany Ireland. 
Love her. Been a fan since she was Ruby on Supernatural. Wasn't a question, Tiffany, but thank you. She thanks you. Am I correct, Katie? Thank you. Say that again. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, thank you would be the answer, not you're welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah. you said thank you. I'm confused. Oh, yeah, I am too. Steph Alexander, is Green Arrow and the Canaries moving forward? I hadn't heard about it anymore. I'm not sure. Nico, what's the most amazing adventure you ever have been on? It's not Australia. She was sick. Oh, my gosh. I went to Thailand. That was incredible. I went to Africa. That was, oh, my gosh, the Africa story. It's too long of a story, but basically I was in Africa. Help Malawi. It's a nonprofit organization out of um, Malawi. In this small little town, Nutumba. I totally just watched how to say that. It's fine. Um, help educate. You know, help is help. Help educate, love, and protect is what it stands for. Um, but it's for children in Africa who don't have, you know, the supplies or education or resources to eat, drink, you know, the, the school, there's like a thousand children, you know, basically <clears throat> we raise money to build them a health clinic. And we, I went there and built a garden for them and I showed them how they could recycle water while they're washing their hands over the plants. And we made, showed them how to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and danced with that. I mean, it was just such an incredible experience to go there and see these kids. You have to and go back. I could tell how much it meant to you. You have to go back. I need to go back. You do. I, I could see I, that's I important to you. Back. You don't understand. And these kids are, they've never seen a camera before. And you just realize like how they don't, they are like, they've never seen, I remember I had my camera and I could lay back my, the photo for them and they had never seen a photo of themselves. I think I it's mean, probably a good thing that they, there aren't a lot of cameras around and it's, probably yeah, mentally healthy you know, like these poor kids and it's 95 percent of them are hiv positive Ugh. yeah it's, well maybe i'll go with you yeah we should totally go let's talk um, about it anyway so where we stayed was also insane uh i stayed at this lodge that was had you had to take a boat by the way the we'll talk about the how long it takes to get to malawi mm. and you're doing all means of transportation so we take you're taking a boat, you're taking a jeep, you're taking a plane, you're taking a train. My back already hurts. So I we're in giant tents, and there's only like seven of them on this giant property where the sanctuary is next door. And there are alligators outside of my front door because it's on a swamp. And so all night long you hear and I'm gonna, I'm gonna jaws. Tent. granted it was a nice tent. There's no air conditioning. It's like 104 high ceilings. I have a guy who's staying outside the tent overnight with a rifle. Uh, there is a toilet. Otherwise, at the kids' school, there's a hole in the floor. Um, I feel so bad for them. Uh, oh, yeah. The, an elephant one night escaped the sanctuary, and I woke up in the morning, and there was a giant fucking elephant footprint outside the front oh and the guy with the rifle who's supposed to be my bodyguard here is like yeah i i was about if he had stepped a little closer i was gonna have to take because he would have smushed uh, my tent. 
Leanne Pritchett, if you could only put one thing on your bucket list, what would it be? Oh, I'm dying to go to India and just, I just want to go. I mean, there's so many things, but I want to go to India and I want to help. I want to, I, yeah, I just want to go to India and I want to help people. Good. Steph Alexander, just the last part of this question. How do you deal with hate, hateful comments on like Facebook and all that stuff? How do you deal with it? Do you I don't. Why? I don't read my messages often. Why? Because people are assholes. And I don't want to feel But not everybody. There's a lot of people that love you. But it maybe well, but unfortunately, I also don't want to get my head. People love me. Right. I'd like to stay here. So once in a while, I'll read. But I don't engage. I'm also like, you know what? Your negativity, it's not going to bring me down. And I'm just going to either don't yeah. deal or I just, you know. <laughs> She's doing I some can't. nice arm I don't know why right people now. have to be, this is me just being this like, Usa. Is... I can't with the negative energy of people. It is so toxic. I know. I know. It can be. But you know what? I uh, I just go, oh, oh, that's a nice message. That's a person who's donating to my charity. And then I just go. Oh, that person's just uh, really hateful. Blocked. Okay, next person. Here we go. Uh, or it's like, wow, that person's sad. Did you like working with Stephen Amell? Uh, Jesus. Yes, I love Stephen. He actually, we have a really good, well, Rapport? friendship, working relationship. And here is what, <laughs> here's why I think Stephen coming out of the gates. This is, was our conversation when we first met. Steven, hi. Okay. If you fuck this up, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> oh my God. Don't fuck this up for us, all right? You're the lead. Don't become an asshole. Do you Don't become an asshole. And if you are, if you're going to become an asshole, I'm going to let you let you know you're being an asshole. Yeah. Okay? And he, he this is like right oh before we God. shot the pilot, I think. Or he might have been at Comic-Con. I don't know. But he, of course, started cracking up. <laughs> and I don't know. It's like a, he becomes, he's like kind of like a brother in a way. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Who, but he has respect for me. And he, we can laugh at each other. And I roll my eyes at him. And I've called him out. And he's called me out. So. I love Steven. Jack Slater. I got to ask Jack Slater's question. Because I love Slater too. Uh, if you don't take, if you didn't take the role of Laurel Lance Black Canary. What other DC or Mar Marvel role would you have loved to have brought to life? Cat woman. You'd be a great cat woman. You are a cat I woman. Oh, I know. So I'm just putting it out there into the universe. No. Sophie says, Sophie Miller, who inspired you to get into acting? I have a feeling I know this. I'm third generation. My grandfather, Jack Cassidy, he played Superman on Broadway. I think it was on Broadway. Ooh, I think, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he was an actor, obviously, my dad, uncles. It's just, it's in the gene pool. I was born this way. I think just being a creator is in my blood. Do you ever get nervous acting with certain actors, or have you ever been intimidated, or have you ever been like, oh, my God, my voice is cracking, or how do you get out of that? Last question. Yeah, uh, I've been intimidated. No, not by another actor. I <sighs> Playing a lawyer? And going into a courtroom full and doing and having legal jargon and you're giving your opening statement, but you're actually bursting into a scene into the courtroom, like interrupting and everybody in the courtroom 
turning their head to see who opens the doors and you walk in with oh. your fucking dialogue. You go and you stand, you're like, I'm here, I'm the lawyer representing blah, 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 and I'm making my opening statement. And it's all legal jargon. And it's like a two page monologue. Forget and it. I wouldn't take the role. All of the actors and the leads are there watching, sitting in the stands. I, holy shit. I can tell you what scene it was. Did you get through it? Like, was it hard to get through it? Did you like stumble I, constantly? I, I had to stop and I started hyperventilating. I started having a panic attack and I realized like, I, I breathe, you know, I told the director, I was like, look, and then you get in your head. Have you gotten, you know, oh. and then you're like, oh, then it's mush. Oh, and then, yes. so I was like, I'm trying to listen. I was like, Michael, I just give me a couple of minutes. I just need to calm down and I'll be fine. It just, I got insecure with the dialogue and now I'm getting in my head and just, ah. he was like, it's fine. Just take a breath. I got through it. Um, but I was, I remember feeling like flush red and sweating and like, yep. Been there. Oh my God. And oh. I, and it looks great. I remember it was happening like I was really like I was just I couldn't get it out. I couldn't get the lines out one time and I was getting nervous getting in my head and I was looking at the director. And I just turned my head and a crew guy caught eyes with me like, you know, made eye contact with me, which which is OK. I'm not Christian Bale. I mean, so, you know, I love the crew, but he looked at me like this. He gave me the like like. Like, oh, you don't you're fucked. <laughs> I was like, no, why did I have to see that? Now I had to impress him and knew the line. So, uh, know the line. So whatever. This has been a joy. I'll talk to you after. Thank, hey, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you today on the show. Thank you. Say what you just said again. I want to thank you for being on the podcast. And also, I want to say that you have no idea how many people, patrons and listeners, really get something from these real stories that you tell. Like the story about your dad or whatever. It's just... It relatable and it helps people. So thank you. Thank you for being open and awesome. Thank you. Namaste. I like her stories when she was younger. Yeah. You know how she was kind of picked on. That was a relatable thing for me. Yeah. Um, I like that she had nice things to say about her her dad at the end. Yeah, because it was a it was a tough relationship. Oh, and it was tough. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I, you know, I think we all have relationships that are tough, and um, when someone passes, it's never that easy. But um, you know, all you could say is, "I did the best I could." And if you mm -hmm. can't, you say, "Well, I didn't do the best I could," and um, I'm speaking on my behalf. Mm -hmm. But maybe I didn't do everything I could. But I did everything I could at that time. At that time, that was the best I could do. Mm -hmm. You look back and you always think, "I could have done this. I could have done that." But in the moment, mm -hmm. it's a different story. Mm -hmm. So anyway, thank you, Katie Cassidy, for coming on the podcast. I finally got her on the podcast. Uh, again, um, Sunspin, uh, the new album's out. Best days, you can get it on Amazon and iTunes. And if you want to support the band and win some sweet swag, you just go to Instagram, type in Sunspin Band on Instagram. And this, uh, this contest, there's a contest. It only lasts for a couple of weeks. So make sure you, uh, you check it out today. We have a post that explains everything uh, over on Instagram at Sunspin Band. And um, you can also get merch and, and book the band at sunspin.com. But uh, get involved in the sweet swag. You're going to love the freaking merch that you win. Trust me. I have a feeling it might be a lunchbox, one of them. Don't forget, stage it February 27th, two shows, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Zooms right after the show. Prizes. We'll play covers. We get a lot of laughs. It's a, a connection. It's a back and forth. You 
say comments, we respond to them. And we sing. And we have a great time. Stage, you go to stage.com, type in sunspin, or you can go also go to sunspin.com for all the information. Thank you for listening. As always, tuning in week after week. Those of you that do, that stick with me, that stick by my side, it goes a long way. Let me give a shout out to the wonderful patrons who do more than I ever expected anyone to do. Nancy D, by the way, I am wearing glasses. Are you thinking that? You were probably thinking that at the beginning of this podcast. But I decided to wear glasses because I didn't want to put contacts in because my eyes were tired. You sound smarter. I'm sure they can all tell. <laughs> I don't look smarter. <laughs> I sound smarter. I'm sure you can tell just by listening that you're wearing glasses. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> here are the patrons. Big shout out. You can look at their names here as we go, and you could be a name too on the podcast and get a shout out by joining patreon.com slash inside of you. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash inside of you. And uh, join the wonderful patron family. There's a lot of great things on there, and uh, I hope you do. Here are the uh, amazing uh, uh, patrons. Nancy D, Mary B, Leah S, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Nico P, Robin S, Jerry W, Robert I, Jason W, Stephen J, Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Jess J, Lucas M, Raj, Raj C, Joshua D, Emily S. I also did a Zoom with uh, the top tiers. Mm -hmm. So it was like 70 of us on a Zoom. Mm -hmm. I posted it as well. It was all of us yapping and uh, getting to know each other more on the Patreon. CJP, Samantha M, Jennifer N, Jackie P, Stacy L, Carly H, Jen S, Janelle B, Carrie B, Tab of the 272, not to be confused with. Tab of the 272. Ashley Ryan, Kimberly E, Mike E, Marissa N, El Dan Supremo, that's Dan. Jack S, <laughs> I just love saying it, Jack S. Slater's like funny, real funny. Ramira, Beth B, Santiago M, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P, Roshan R, Ray A, Maya P, Maisha C, Maddie S, Kendrick F, Ashley E, Shannon D, Matt W, Belinda N, Kevin V, James R, Chris H, Anusha W, Osborne, Osborne, Amy C, Dave H, Samantha S, Spider Man, Chase, Sheila G, Ray A, H, close. I wasn't done. Oh, you weren't done? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alyssa C, Tab of the T, Amisha H, Deb A, Tom N, Suzanne B, Bradley, Henry B, Katie F, Liliana, Liliana, Michelle K, Marcus W. Got a few more here. All right. Hannah B, Michael S, Talia M, Luke H, John S, Andrew T, Christy S, Claire M, Liz J, Laura L, Chad B, Rochelle. Or is it Rachel? It's Rachel. I'm going to say Rachel. It's Rachel. It's Rachel. Nathan E. Brandel. Uh, Taylor K. Neil A. Marlon. Meg K. Janelle P. Dan N. And Jennifer J. Thank you. Also a big shout out to my charities of choice. The Ronald McDonald House of Los Angeles. If you ever want to donate, that's a great uh, organization. Um, foodonfoot.org. I am a $98 club member. You could be one too. I can't wait till the servings can happen again where we can go and help and, and, and do servings, but a, a great organization and echoes of hope for um, foster youth, getting them off the streets and giving them the opportunities to uh, be successful and happy like us. Are you happy, Ryan? I am happy. What is happy? What is happy? What is happy? Guys, it's been a pleasure. It always is. 
uh, right in at hello at inside of you podcast.com hello at inside of you podcast.com and i don't check them right away and by the way if you're buying merch and then you send a message saying oh can i get that in a no <laughs> i'm sending the merch out i don't like check these messages and go oh they wanted a picture signed to this person but you know how many times i've done it too and it's such a pain in the ass i gotta rip open bags that i've packed sometimes they're already sent i feel bad it just you know when it says it's it's just yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> Just deal. Guys, I love you dearly. That's all I have to say. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of you from Ryan um, here up in the hills of California. Hills of California. Back uh, Rosebud house. Yeah, we love you. And thanks for allowing me to be inside you once more. And give a wave to the camera, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, supporting. <laughs> <laughs> I just made up the end. I, I didn't know where it went. What is that? Gilligan's Island. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.